Whether life's disabilities left you outcast, bullied, or teased, rejoice and love yourself today, because, baby, you were born this way. <laughs> Lady Gaga has some wisdom for us. To be fair, she does. Welcome to the A to Z of happiness, with Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. Join us as we unpack the science of happiness, one letter at a time. This week, it's A for acceptance. This is this is the second call of about four calls for today. Oh gosh! Um, but the most important, and uh, oh, bless yes. you. Yes, I am feeling, I went for my stroll this morning. I was very proud of myself because I forewent um, a late night in front of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here <laughs> so that I would be ready um, for so that I could have my walk slightly earlier in the morning to get to my nine o'clock appointment and then uh, and then have plenty of time for this so I've made good decisions today how you, about you? you you have you have I think you have already won Friday uh, in, in my books I I am I'm going to use my usual thing of the internal weather thing and my internal weather is a little bit foggy actually mm. I am uh, I've had a productive week i was going to say busy um that too but also productive a lot mm -hmm. has been happening and i've been making the uh special attempt to actually register what i've been doing um with journaling each evening and just going oh so that thing where i go to bed and think no i haven't done anything it's like no that's a is a blatant lie mm -hmm. um and so i am I'm here. I'm bringing as much of me as I can to this. Um, I'm excited to find out what's going to happen next because uh, I haven't. I ain't got a Scooby, folks. Um, but yeah, just just I, I'm looking forward to just hanging out, playing, and just seeing what happens. Perfect. Well, today <laughs> we're talking about acceptance. Why are we talking about acceptance today, Anya? Well. <sighs> Kind of a couple of reasons, really. I want to kind of start off with uh, a story. Um, gosh, it must be about five or six years ago now. Uh, a friend of mine had a premiere party in his back garden for a short film he'd made. And, you know, it was local. Yeah, yeah, humble brag. Yeah, actually, I'm one of the actors in it, the lead actor in it. Um, I won't mention his name, but he's been like like a villain in Death in Paradise. He had a close-up in Star Wars. He was in a major, glossy ITV drama. I'll, I'll send you the deets in private okay. afterwards. Um, All right, swimming, and, in, swimming in refined circles. Well, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I sat next door to the circle. I think the, cir the, cir <laughs> the circle was happening. Whether At least you was, saw the circle. The, you yeah, could, yeah, yeah. You could I reach the, out. Yeah. I knew the circle was occurring. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was chatting to this, 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 this young actor and another one about stuff in the garden. And, you know, it was getting dark late at night, middle of summer and stuff. And, I, you know, I, I'd been having a good day of it. And then... It came on me really, really fast. I hit the wall. So listeners, um, I have uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, also known as ME. And so I consider myself like a 
crap early smartphone. Really entertaining for a couple of hours, but the battery life is shite. Um, and it, I went from like, you know, a good 20% to like like 1%, like, and you needed to like phone your mum for a lift home sort of situation. Yeah. And I couldn't stand, I couldn't walk. Um... I became as what my friend, my lovely friend Helen describes as a team building exercise. Because <laughs> <laughs> just like to be fair, I don't know why there were some strong people in the room. Why someone didn't pick did do like just go fuck dignity? I'll just pick her up and carry her. No, the, pro- but, the problem was someone else was looking for a bag of grain and someone else was off looking for a chicken. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so try, you know, it took me, you know, it was a group effort to get me from the garden into the living room, which was all of about two meters. Mm. Um, and then, you know, getting me into the hall where my shoes were and getting me out the door and stuff. And I remember there was a point when I was leaning against the balustrades of the stairs uh, we went downstairs, I was leaning against it, and I could just feel this huge wave of shame come over me. Because while I was with a couple of friends, there were strangers also helping me, people who I didn't know. Um, and one of them was offering to put get my shoes and put them on my feet. And there were a whole different elements of acceptance in this story um one was can i accept what's happening to me right now you know can i accept that i need help um can i accept that help from strangers can oh, i i've got i'm already tense thinking about it. <laughs> Don't like it. Yeah. Move uh, on to the next story. Mo- yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> moving. I, I'm getting there. Um, accepting accepting the feeling of shame, actually. And, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown's work. And and I just said out loud, just feeling a big wave of shame coming over me right now. I actually articulated out it out loud to people. And they were like, yeah, no, you've got nothing to be feel ashamed for. And I said, yeah, yeah. I know this and I'm still feeling it and that this is why I'm articulating it. It's you know? so valuable. I've I've found I've only had occasion to do that once or twice and to be mm. able to say the feeling out loud. Feel yeah. you know, say the embarrassing thing out loud seems yeah. so valuable. It is. It is because what I also had to accept in that moment was not just my vulnerability but also my power in that situation. Because the way that I accepted it became the benchmark, the the model for how other people accepted it. Mm. And so if the more more comfortable I was with what's going on, the more I could see other people panic less and just go, okay, so what's the next task we need to do? And so, yeah, it was it was a real challenge of being faced with, you know, just like half an hour, an hour earlier, I was laughing, joking, being being funny and insightful, and uh, 
I mean, I'm going to say this. I'm sure no one else from the, in the room would have said it. A little bit hot, mm. kind of, you know, because yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a little something going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and to be then, you know, very palpably disabled, mm. you know, um, and to kind of accept in that moment, you know, if not that identity, certainly the fact that um, by accepting the situation, my internal experience of it and other people's presence and the impact it had on them, that made an experience which could very easily be shameful into something which I'm now sharing now as a moment of I don't want to say pride, but, you know, I can respect ownership. ownership yeah, ownership. Mm. I can respect it, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, when I was looking, I would love to say, oh, you know, I've chosen acceptance because, you know, I'm a big fan of acceptance and commitment training and psychological flexibility. And I will wang on about that, you know, shortly. But ultimately... What's been the biggest impact has been the self-acceptance, has been the ability to embrace something that is uncomfortable or at least be with something that's uncomfortable um, and invite it to unfold with more grace. The uh, the serenity to... Um... Not try and change what you uh, what what can't be changed. Um, I know I'm butchering ah. the, I'm butchering that. Oh, prayer, the, the, but, the serenity uh, yeah. prayer. Yeah, God grant yeah. me the wisdom to uh, accept the, uh, be able to accept things I I can't change. The courage to change what I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. And sometimes the 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 the, ability, the thing that we can change in those situations is our relationship to mm. it, which is where the acceptance piece kind of comes in. So. There are a few types of acceptance here that, that that we're talking about because there is the very literal accepting of help from someone. Yeah. But there is the accepting that you have to <laughs> ask <laughs> yeah. help from someone. Oh, so many times I'm blanched to bar relying on the kindness of strangers. Absolutely. <laughs> And and just yeah, and 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 the 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 wisdom again, I think to to sort of know that that is. Or the the, the self kindness to know that, that that's okay because you know nothing. I don't know about about you in in this regard, but like nothing makes me more uncomfortable, really. You know, than than having to than than having a having a boo boo, <laughs> and then a stranger coming and clearing it up. It's it's very infantilizing. Like when you fall over. Um, and 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 then you know someone someone rushes over to check that you're okay and dust you off and you sort of just want to go no I just want to want to sit in a room and play with my toys for a bit. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, because that was the bit like of of the story, you know. Again, there was you know we managed to get me past the stairwell to the bottom of the stairs where I could at least sit down, and you know having someone put your footwear on for you takes you. Back straight back to being a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember saying to this 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 this, this beautiful young man, "Thanks, mum." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you, you've got it. There's 
there's there's a flip side to that which is interesting because I've, I've been in a couple of occasions so as a uh, as as a visually impaired person there are moments where people feel like it's okay to do stuff for you without asking yeah <laughs> if you want them to do things for you <laughs> And there's one I remember from years ago, and it's a, it was only a tiny little incident. It was like 20 years ago, but it just sticks in my head hmm. of um, being at a being at a, a little house party and um, opening or trying to open a bottle of beer with a bottle opener. Hmm. And it can sometimes be a little bit fiddly. You've hmm. got to line it all up, and there's a little bit of hand-eye coordination there. It's not that complex, but you know, it maybe took me a couple of goes, and the guy just took the bottle and the. <laughs> And the and the bottle opener from me and just went there you go and it's handed me me back at which point I'm supposed to go thanks I mean could it give me an extra second you know there's there's a thing about people thrusting help upon you that you that you didn't ask for but there is a very different thing from from knowing that you that you do need that help and having the courage maybe even to to ask for it yeah. Yeah, and I think this is one of the reasons why people find acceptance so difficult. And accepting, um, what's that? Uh, de- denial is not just a river in Africa. Um, or Egypt. <laughs> or Egypt, sorry, yeah. Um, it's, um, it invites, invites the next step. And we may not be comfortable with what's next. Mm. Um, if, if I'm in a bad relationship where I'm only receiving breadcrumbs, but I don't accept it, then I don't have to make the difficult decision of whether it's, I should stay or I should go. Um, if I am in, if I'm doing, in, in a, in a job which leaves me depleted and defeated and exhausted. I don't have to accept fully the effect it's having on my health, because if I do, then that almost necessitates me taking action to either engage with work in a way to remedy it, you know, put up boundaries, or to find alternative employment. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, and we, you know, we may resist accepting the fact that, um, or we may hold, you know, the alternatives. We we cling on to things for fear of, you know, we might hold on to that job because we hold on to the belief that there's nothing else out there. The same with a bad relationship. You know, we accept. We oh, that's there's, there's a phrase which I keep trying to find the source for. And I've, my Google foo has failed me so far. Okay. Um, we only accept the truths that we can bear. Mm. And I think the flip side of this is in accepting, you know, going back going back to my little story, which is going to make you wince. Um, <laughs> I, I, there was also a grief there in that I was not able to be fully independent, which, you know, is a core part of most people's identity, you know, myself included, being self-sufficient, you know. And I think, you know, not being able to accept 
where we are in life and that we may need support or change or community or love can trigger a grief that we're not in receipt of those things already. Yes, it's 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 like suddenly acknowledging that something was missing without having realized, you know, it it was always missing, but we hadn't you hadn't realized that it was and then suddenly you feel it's <laughs> I guess I might come to this analogy a lot but it's uh, it's like Wiley Coyote running off the yeah. cliff. Yeah. And it's not until he looks down that he realizes that he's suspended in midair. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, there's maybe maybe an aspect of that that sort of you didn't realize the you know the the um, you don't know what you've got till it's gone sort of thing. Um, mm. and, and then that it, that becomes something that you have to mourn for or to grieve for. Yeah, and you know we're not we're not terribly good as a society about grief. No, you know there's um. I wonder, it'll be in the show notes. I'll 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 put I'll put it down. It was um, a lovely conversation which I haven't t- listened to for a while, but I want to re-listen to again between Charles Eisenstein and Francis Weller, who holds Grief Circles, and he has a book, um, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. And I'm often talking about, you know, I I often mangle a quote that I took I've taken from that podcast, which is, you know, we. The work of the mature adult is to hold uh, gratitude in one hand and grief in the other and to be stretched large by both. Um, I believe that's the full quote. And, you know, he talks about how it's really hard. We try and do, again, it's that self-reliance. You know, we try and be the griever and the container for the grief. And actually we need others a lot of the time to be able to be the container for us to just purely have the 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 experience, the emotion. Um, Can you speak to me about what uh, what a container is? Yeah, it's it's someone who can provide that emotional res- uh, support and um, energy and relationship. And allow you to be fully okay. Because often what we do is we are afraid to feel the full range of our emotion. Because we don't, it feels too much for us to hold as ourselves. And actually just having someone else, the the, the best analogy I can think of right now, and it's, and I'm kind of like taking it slightly sideways, is what Tara Brack calls about this idea of expanding, like her thing of expanding the container. And if mm-hmm. I had a glass, I'm, I'm uh, only only live viewers will see this, uh, but I've got a glass of water here in front of me. And if I dropped a cartridge of ink, squirted the cartridge of ink in this, the whole of the water would go black. But if I then poured this glass of water into a bathtub of water, that would then dilute. If I then tipped that bathtub of water into a swimming pool, it would dilute again. If you tipped into the ocean, it would still contain the same amount of ink, but the container that it's being held in, the space it holds, it's being being held by, is expanded. And then that's when I think about someone, you know, when I think about the bird container, that's why I think it's useful to have another or others so they can provide that kind of energetic support 
so that almost silently they're like, you know, you've got this and I've got you. Mm-hmm. And so how whatever happens, however your experience manifests, just let you don't have to hold yourself together anymore. That's the thing. That's what I keep on thinking of. You can just let yourself go, actually. And very often, I think Thich Han says, you know, the way out is in. Very often, so many of us get caught in this tension around accepting and not accepting because we don't allow ourselves to go into what that might fully mean for us with the trust and the support to ensure that we can come out the other side and to know that the other side is always a possible, always available. So you've mentioned uh, acceptance and commitment training <laughs> uh, and the, and the many, and the many wonders. Um, well, I'm aware of some of the, some of the wonders <laughs> that, that it offers. Oh, is this where I get to, 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 to geek out like a proper, like a good and... Like, you t- say t- geek out, I was going to say prosthetized, but either, <laughs> either, well, yeah, either I, works, absolutely. <laughs> oh, this, this is where Anya gets the nerd out. Awesome. Yes. Take a, yeah. <laughs> mm. So I, I, I... I mean, okay, so let me put into this, this into context. Self-compassion will always be my true love. Mm-hmm. Um, this is again where this idea of acceptance as, as this opening topic comes from, you know, self-compassion has been one of the most game changing, uh, approaches and mindsets that I've experienced in my journey over the last few years. Cosine. <laughs> yeah. Cosine. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, if we do S for self-compassion, we might have to do like over like about four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, so self-compassion is always going to be my, be my true love. Um, but I still have a lot of, uh, I have a major crush on acceptance and commitment training, like <laughs> raging, you know. Um, and the thing is, the reason why I love it so much is because woven into it is so much self-compassion. Um, it's kind of like a third or fourth wave CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I think most people will know about, um, which gets you to, uh, you know, I'm not trained in it, but as far as I know, that CBT is very much invites you to question your thoughts and to challenge whether they're true. What I love about ACT, as it's, as it's you know, abbreviated, acceptance and commitment training, acceptance and commitment therapy, however you want to call it, started off as a therapy, is it doesn't ask, is it true, but does it help? And the idea of does it help towards you living your values? And it's all geared towards something called psychological flexibility. And this is why, you know, I love it because, you know, talking about acceptance, being able to be with, you know, the difficult things. It is the thing of being able to be with our experience, whatever it is and respond to our situation, what's happening around us in a way which is aligned to our heart's true desire for who we want to be in the world. You know, this idea of living a rich and meaningful life. And can I, can I, can I throw a, a little bit of like researchy, sciencey stuff at you? I mean, I wish you would. 
<laughs> so this is like this. There's, it's been going on for. It's as old as positive psychology, a little bit older. It's got a really good um, science basis behind it. There's actually like a whole, like, we drive the car of acceptance commitment training, but there's like someone has sat down and made a freaking engine called relational field therapy. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah. So there's got, it's got proper, like, there's like cogs. There's like, there's, there's like an engine thing. You can, you can check the oil level. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, but this is the thing, you know, there have been 306 peer-reviewed meta-analyses, systematic or narrative reviews of ACT, with 900 randomized controlled trials since 1986. Now, RCTs are like the gold standard of testing shit. And it's been successfully used to treat workplace stress, anxiety, depression, OCD, chronic pain, and even PTSD. But this is the one which I love, really, is, you know, uh, an analysis of 174 separate studies with almost 44,000 participants suggests that psychological flexibility, again, this ability to be with difficult stuff, respond to our emotion in a way which is aligned to our values, was uh, linked to rewarding family and relationship dynamics and stronger connections. You know, and the, and the inflexibility was linked to conflict and harsh negative dynamics with parental inflexibility, particularly linked to parenting stress and poorer child functioning. If you just think about this idea that how we, our own level of acceptance of things our own relation, because it's been, what we're talking about our relationship with what's happening on inside us and what's happening around us, essentially. And, you know, I talk, often talk about acceptance when I talk about ACT during the Museum of Happiness, about this idea that the left hand is pushing things away. It's experiential avoidance. And then the right hand is gripping onto things. This is where, you know, we are fused with ideas and identities. And I always like when I whenever I do this again, you know, I've got my left hand out like a shield. I've got my right hand like like is gripping the the handle of a sword. How friendly is that mm. to the world? Not how so, friend, not so much. How how welcoming is that to a child? Mm. Actually, in this particular thought, you know, and particularly because. Oh, okay. I'm going to start wandering now. I really do apologise, listeners. Uh, there's, there's a rabbit hole. Just grab my collar in case I go in too deep. Um, in so many of us have what are known as attachment wounds, where we have received conflicting messages from our caregivers, which have made us feel unsafe in some way. Now, you know, good enough parenting means that you know the the the, the good moments of attunement outweigh the bad moments etc mm. etc et no one can be fully attuned to another person um but if we sense an incongruence a lack of congruity between what someone is saying and the way that they are, are appearing that can make us feel unsafe and so for a lot of people, when it comes to accepting stuff in our lives, yes, we're, we're trying to avoid certain things and hold on to certain things, but the truth is still leaking out of us like sweat. Mm. 
<laughs> People, uh, there, 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 there's, there's a metaphor to conjure with on this time of the morning. Hello um, there. Hello. <laughs> and so there's this thing of we are communicating mixed messages. And, you know, we say, oh, yeah, you know, say, oh, um, so, so how's, how's everything with, with Joe? And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, <laughs> you, know, you nearly spat your water out. No, I wasn't even playing it. Um, <laughs> you know, because like there's immediately there's a tension there mm. and you don't know. And there's like, you can say that you're accepting something on one level, but there's so much else being communicated at the same time, which says, no, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is immediately taking me over to kind of like um, a lot of trauma work. Mm-hmm. Which you know, things like the body keeps the score, uh, Bessel van der Kolk and and Gabo Mate's work. You know, we say that we accept things, and our body says no. Mm-hmm. You know, our body makes us sick. You know, to 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 protest on our behalf when we do not feel it is safe enough to articulate. Can I can I talk to you about the good side of accepting things? Oh, please. <laughs> So, because we've talked about like the some of the good things about the, the positive aspects of acceptance, it makes me think of a of a story that I can never. I'm never sure how I how to say his name, so I'm gonna we'll have to might have to cover this in post, honey. Um, Eckhart Tolle. Okay. Or Eckhart Tolle. Um, I mean, I, I'm convinced either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, like most people, I have a book of the power, copy of the power of now sitting on a bookshelf, which I am waiting to absorb via, via osmosis. <laughs> um, it's not happened yet, but I'm sure the, the, the technology will exist soon. Um, and But the only thing I can remember is of him talking about, or I read this probably, you know, talking about being stuck in quicksand and people are struggling and it's making them sink deeper and deeper and deeper. And this idea, if we just relax, if we just stop, take a beat, we stop sinking. The quicksand is actually reaching like a level of homeostasis in this. All our resources are no longer being spent on the fear and the stories that are going on right now. We can just start taking in our surroundings. We're not so much focused on what's happening to us. We are allowing ourselves to open ourselves to what's around us. And in doing so, that's when we see a branch sticking out within reach, which will allow us to pull us out of the quicksand. So often, We are in these struggles with our situation, with our experience and all our cognitive energy, all our emotional energy, all our physical energy goes into this, this fight, this tension, this tumult that we are generating. And yet when we just soften we just allow, we allow ourselves to be held by the universe, by the moment, 
by a trust that we are in essence at our core okay, we then have the more resources, more capacity, more bandwidth to be open to new possibilities, new ideas, new branches that are being extended to us within our grasp, which means that we can have a different experience of our environment. One of the things that acceptance allows us to do is to is to be with our emotions. And you know, a lot of people have difficulty with the word acceptance because they think it means, you know, surrender, resignation, defeat, giving in. So if it feels more comfortable to, you know, think about it as a, as a willingness. Think about it as being um, an ability to sit beside something on a park bench. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to... Um, Uh, you know, take it in with both arms and love it. It's allowing us to have the opportunity to, yeah, realize where we are to, and, and to give ourselves some kindness in that. And there's nothing that shares this better than that I know of than uh, Rumi's poem, The Guest House, which I would love to share with you. Please. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And as we draw this to a close, I would love to just share a couple of prompts actually um you know don't 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 stress about these if you're listening to them this is just you know some uh, little things to take away if they feel comfortable to you and this idea of the first one is you know what would you lose by accepting something and what would you gain by its loss and the second is what are you stopping yourself from accepting about yourself? What would it mean for how you see yourself? And then the last one. What could you accept about someone and, through doing so, release both of you with kindness? And, you know, I love to ask this question um, of people. So this is, this is the final takeaway. You know, I would love for you, you know, you're listening right now, my dear. Um, what's the kindest thing for you, can, you can do for yourself today? Yeah. Just think about that and, you know, whatever it is. 
I am your verbal permission slip for you to give yourself that gift, whatever it is you need. Thank you. The A to Z of Happiness is presented by Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. It's produced by Origin and you can find us at a2zofhappiness.com where you'll also find links to the things we discussed. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them, whichever way is easiest for you. Take care and do join us again next week on the A to Z of Happiness.